Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello, and welcome to Science Faction's episode 626, Science Faction, putting the ass in Glacier. I'm a professional, so I waited to finish my sentence for you to finish that take. But no, uh, you you hear the audience is jumping into drama. Uh, I am being made to feel uh, like a lesser person because I needed to get up and get a box of Listen, tissues. Okay, first of all, just use paper towels like everybody else. Stop, stop. Ooh, look, it's got to be AC and see-through. Oh, oh, the other young ladies think of me if the thing I'm blowing my nose in is opaque. I did, it would have taken longer for me to get paper towels. Plus, I'm already raw from using paper towels because they're closer most of the time. <laughs> you piece of shit. Oh, are you coming to my sweet 16 party? <laughs> and first off, the lady's auxiliary doesn't need any excuse. My parents will be introducing me to society. I don't need any excuse not to be invited to the Baroness's debutante. <laughs> Oh, me? Is it just my corset too tight, or are you making me a little flush? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you're trying to make fun of this, but I would excel in Victorian society. I would I would be an upstart from the States, and, I, and all of my Mrs. Doubtfire references would be the first time for everybody, because the movie had not come out yet. You could actually legitimately hide yourself using a cake. Yeah, I I think like I would also be as a woman. I, I it's a six two woman with very broad shoulders. I I I would be like a sideshow act, or something. I don't know. Yeah, or like breeding stock. Either way, <laughs> like wow, she's got it. Yes. Never mind the broad shoulders and the penis. Uh, dear, and if you guys don't mind broad shoulders and penis, go ahead and check out our Patreon. Search Robert Timothy on Patreon. Why dost this maiden wear a size 15 triple wide shoe? Uh, let's move right on to science articles. From molecules to particles, this is science articles. She is sweating in 80-degree weather, quite <laughs> profusely. Article number one. The doomsday glacier is barely holding on. Is this, is this more climate change news? Are we doing this slow horror movie? You're like, yeah, uh, another another horrible milestone. About, But hey, you know what? Uh, we're going to drown Florida. That's a positive sign. That's true. Florida will be gone. Yeah, the less air that America's dick gets the less problems we have. Yes, and, 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 I, and I, have, I have said it on this podcast before, we need to prepare for this by setting up borders that will prevent them from escape as their state slowly... We don't want them escaping into the larger population. They're already going to try to make for Arizona. You got a good point, uh, but I feel like you could you could do the same thing to Floridians that they do with raccoons, where you could like trap them using a piece of shiny metal, where when they reach their hand into a <laughs> hole and grab it, their fist won't come out, and and so they can't get out. But instead of just letting go of the metal and being released, they'll like starve to death sitting there holding that thing of metal, like. We could just trick them. One, we could we could use the <laughs> raccoon trick 
Oh man, it's a jar full of bath salts. Some dumb dumb left it here. <laughs> yeah, no, it should be like just a, like a sprinkling of meth and some Toby Keith tickets, and we just leave them in there, and they get stuck, and then they, I think they get eaten by a python at that point. Man, them's Truckosaurus tickets. Oh damn. The other thing I was just thinking is, what if we just set up signs? This would be even easier. We just set up signs that say. Uh, America this way and it's arrows, but they're pointing to the south of Florida. And, and I don't think anybody in Florida has a compass or is like aware of directions or something. And once we take Google Maps out of the equation, it's a fucking free for all in there. Like we're we're pushing them towards the keys. Yes, exactly. And then like all I mean conversely it'll say communism this way. And it'll be like like a like the north. The most interesting part of that is that presumably uh, more and more of them will accumulate on these tiny and tiny little islands that then get smaller and smaller as climate change gets swallowed up. And it's a real Lord of the Flies situation, but like a Florida Lord of the Flies situation. So like, there's like a bulldozer involved. You know, we've also discussed uh, what happens. You know, like how uh, how you get pygmy versions of a species. Usually, yeah. it's like a small island population. We could have pygmy Floridians. Within a generation or two, <laughs> just many wee, wee folk, just halflings that love Mountain Dew. You can tell because they have miniature pit bulls. <laughs> Mini pits? Uh, no, Bobby, real question, real science question. Uh -huh. uh, how long do we have until Florida... Is is no longer a problem. How we can write, how we can check mark uh, across the Florida problem off the country's checklist. Yeah, it's it's reverse Atlantis. It's like the society, <laughs> the part of society with the least technology gets swallowed by the sea. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I mean, this would be more tragic if Florida made something of itself, but it didn't. <laughs> uh, so, like, we're kind of okay. <laughs> With uh, the Earth reclaiming this one. Yeah, That's... I love it because, like, you know, the myth of Atlantis is this idea that you have this super advanced civilization with all the technology of the world and the sea comes and swallows it up and that technology is lost to the ages. But what if instead it was the opposite? It was like, this is the area with, like, the white trashiest, like, and, and the sea will swallow. And, and Mr. Worldwide yeah. himself. <laughs> will swallow it up before you know you can spread your squatted trucks to the rest of the world <laughs> uh yeah i mean like it, it's kind of the thing nobody's really talking about like you know we're not we know it's going to happen and and i i, I get it like florida and science that ain't their thing but right. like I, I like it, this kind of thing that everybody knows but everybody's just quiet about it. like shut up let it happen yeah. they haven't realized it's a problem yet yeah shut up yeah, well, so this is about the Thwaites Glacier, which is a glacier that is on the, the actual continent of Antarctica, but then also dipping into the ocean as well. And the way this particular glacier is situated, it is sliding off the shelf into the ocean, but it is currently lodged on like the seafloor, on like a bump on the seafloor. Now we say bump, it's like, 700 meters tall but like it is lodged on what you could call a bump on the sea floor and it moves around a little bit but that bump is what regulates how fast it slides into the ocean if it just slides completely into the ocean etc etc that is a way less cool bump <laughs> it's lovely lady lumps if it does slide all the way into the ocean that one glacier would raise global sea levels by between three and ten feet. See, I was going key bump. 
You know, like I have a bag of cocaine and I have keys and, and a child would wonder why I was sniffing my keys so often. Keep up, Alex. What is a keep up? <laughs> Mommy, why does Uncle Damien's keys smell so good, apparently? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think, Bobby? I, I, put, I put cherry Mio on it. <laughs> it's not what you think. I purposely bought cocaine scented keys. It's just. <laughs> 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 it gives the keys that new key smell <laughs> like like straight from home depot yeah so like basically if this glacier went into the ocean we would be fucked fucked the entire world would be turned upside down the very next day you're talking about most of our industry you know real estate place people live everything three to ten feet is insane like that's absolutely crazy and that would that would just be insane Thankfully, it's not like that's happening tomorrow, but what is going on is that we are seeing that not only is that melting, but some underwater camera surveys have recently revealed in a paper this week that its hold on the ground on the sea floor kind of bumps and moves around a little bit based on the tide coming in, based on uh, how it moves throughout the year and stuff, and Sometimes the slide into the water is slower, sometimes it is faster, but it looks like that thing is inevitably going to end up in the water, right? Like it looks like the retreat is more than the pushback, and it looks like at some point we will be seeing the sea level rise to it. By the way, that glacier as it is now, its melt, like the ice melt from this one glacier, contributes to roughly 4% of global sea level rise. It's crazy. I, I also know that, uh, you know, we're San Diego, while it might get insanely hot mm -hmm. here, you know, we're not really in danger of wildfires. What are you talking about? We have horrible wildfires. Okay, but not where we are. Maybe where you are, uh, 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 out East County, man. <laughs> but those of us who live in civilization... Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't really have to worry about that. Plus, uh, with the sea level rise, San Diego will, is getting the much lighter side of the stick than other uh, sure. other places. So, yeah, glad I'm not on the East Coast. The sea level rise is going to hurt things. Yes, I mean, certainly if you live in swampy, inundated areas, low-lying areas, you know, a lot of the West Coast. New York City yeah, the, is going to be hit. Uh, oh, yeah, any, any of those low-lying areas, you know, like... What is nuts is so much of our economy is based on cities, and cities are so much based around transportation stuff based on the water that, you know, we kind of have this indelible link between big, major, mega cities and local water supplies. And if it turns out that those water supplies are going to suddenly inundate those cities, man, it's not just that we lose X percentage of, you know, land because of the sea level rise. It's like we, we lose all the most valuable land where all the major cities are. Yeah, I mean, like, because of sea level rise, I've, from what I've read, oh, a good portion of New York, and it's like, it's the Wall Street portion, you know, it's it's Manhattan, it's, you know, sure. it's it's very expensive, you know, th they're going to be just lost to the sea, an Atlantis-style thing. And then, you know, I'm on the plus side, I can't wait for the, hey, I'm drowning here, <laughs> you know, shirts. Oh, dear. Yeah, super crazy. I don't believe any hype that that is going to happen anytime soon or like tomorrow or anything. It's just letting us know like we do have this bigger story of, you know, slow melt over time and slow rise and stuff. But that doesn't mean that we also can't have these sudden events. 
If that thing were to get ungrounded from that bump, the rather large bump on the seafloor, tomorrow, then that means tomorrow our sea levels are going to be fucking three to ten feet higher. That's crazy, and that's a reality, and it's a possibility. It's a non-zero chance. It will happen at some point and could happen in our lifetimes. And thinking of what the world would look like, take a globe and imagine what the world would look like if the sea yeah, levels... Bobby, a world without Miami, without Tallahassee, yes. Bobby, you're, you're, we're given a, a, the opportunity at a utopia right now, and, and you're, you're casting this as a warning. Yeah, Damien, but I've read and, and seen like a bunch of stuff about sea level rise. And uh, like, I, I am not looking forward to trying to fucking sail a catamaran around the earth while diving into the once free cities down just to get dry dirt to, to trade for some smokers for some lemon trees. Like that shit is not for me. I burn easily in the sun. Uh, you know what's insane is that you you clearly have seen the movie Waterworld several times enough because your all of your references were spot on. I know, sure, sure, um, too. But but that movie was 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 it's known for nobody watching it. So by even making a reference to Waterworld, unless like you're, it's it. Kudos on the joke, Bobby. But it's like majoring in pillow fighting as a martial art. That's what you did there. Uh, on article number two, what an ass. Is this an intervention? Is this why everybody's here? Yeah, I know. I, it's called a personality disorder. It's been described. Yes, I clearly have it. Yeah, I know. I can't stop doing squats. I think Amber Heard had was very measured in her response to many things. So, very, very interesting article came out this week about f discovering the history of the domestication of the donkey. Good. All right. Donkey, the donkey is, uh, you know, because it's not as sexy as the horse. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah or slutty as the camel, right? It's that, that in-between. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of like this, this, this workhorse, you know, but people forget that you can train it really well. People, it has a reputation for being stubborn. But it's actually just unlike a horse won't blindly walk into danger. Yeah. Yeah. It just, so like, I'm sorry. I was just trying to think of another another attribute. <laughs> like, like it didn't have like the go get itness of a llama. Like I'm, just, I'm trying to think of the different <laughs> <laughs> qualities. Llamas are wheeling and dealing. <laughs> go into a casino. You'll see a llama on a streak in some kind of craps table. <laughs> Throwing money down. He's hustling. <laughs> All right, let's see what other let's see what other quadrupeds you can throw in here, Bobby. Well, I was really going for that whole equid type family. I think we've we've ran them out by now. Uh, so super super cool because this is one of those ancient animal DNA studies that involved 207 modern donkey genomes, 31 early donkey genomes, and 15 wild equid genomes to compare it with. And they traced it back to Africa. Now, that's not too surprising. We kind of knew that's where donkeys were likely domesticated. Wild donkeys or asses exist throughout the old world, Europe, Asia, Africa. But the type of donkey and blah, 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 we kind of thought it was Africa and the distribution of, of it. However, this seems to narrow down the horn of Africa. So East Africa as the place where this happened. And the time period, which is pretty surprising, it is 7,000 years ago, which is a good 3,000 years before we 
we think the domestication of the horse happened. Meaning that this was going on, you know, almost twice as long. We have had domesticated donkeys, seemingly. And it's really interesting for a few reasons. One, donkeys are really crucial to early societies, especially early Mediterranean societies. They're a huge beast of burden. They're what you use to get stuff places. We think of like, oh, well, they had horses, right? And they did. Horses are not nearly as good at carrying loads, especially loads up steep, rocky cliff sides. So picture in your head Greece, you know, or Italy or places like that. And, and they're also prone to dehydration because you can't make them drink. Yes, no matter where you take them. <laughs> I've, I've led you to this specific place. Donkeys were incredibly useful. And so finding out kind of where they, they came from. And by the way, they appeared they stayed basically an African species, the domesticates. They stayed an African species until like 2,500 years ago. So again, for more than half the time, for like two-thirds of the time of the existence of domesticated donkeys, they were pretty much just in Africa, and then they later made their way out. Now, what's super interesting, too, is this time period, 7,000 years ago, coincides with the desertification of the Sahara. Remember, we talked before about this, how, at times, the Sahara was a very lush place, a lot of water, a lot of greenery, that kind of stuff, and then due to some climate changes, that, that went away. Well, this kind of coincides with that, and it might be that donkey domestication was like a survival feature, a survival tactic to combat the domestication of the Sahara. They're the they're the unsung heroes of the barnyard, you know, like like or the unsung burrows of the barnyard. But I look at it another way. People call it an ass, and they refer to it negatively. But like that's the sexiest part of a human, no matter what your flavor is. That's the sexiest part of the human is the ass. Whether you're into the Captain America ass or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. So if anything, we've complimented the donkey with the most attractive part of a human. I think it's super, super interesting that they predate the domestication of the horse, that it might be, you know, like you could imagine why it would be very useful in a desert environment to suddenly have donkeys. If you're like, fuck, remember that water that used to be right near our house? It's now 30 miles away, so we have to get something to carry this heavy ass shit back here. Oh, look at these donkeys. This would be useful. Like you could see how uh, we need to we be need something that will drink when it needs to. Yeah. When there's a water source, yeah. it needs whether it's thirsty whether or not. Whether it's thirsty it or to... not. Or like, hey, we used to be able to just stay in one place and there's plenty of water. Now there isn't. Now we need to travel around. How do we move our entire household around? Uh, you know, we can't carry it all on our backs. Oh, look, here's a donkey. So it may be that. That was What's the, the funniest point. species to put a fat child on? Oh, I know, the donkey. Mm, I think tortoise. I'm gonna go like a Galapagos tortoise. Okay, that's up there. Yeah, but like that's you know that's that's super regional flavor. That's donkey, true. Do donkeys all over. That's like donkeys true. universal. Depending on whether or not you like the child, uh, king cobra, <laughs> Hippopot adult hippopotamus. <laughs> Very, very, very neat. Uh, I love every time we figure out something. Like, I, I, for some reason, I'm very interested in, like, where things came from, where cultivates came from, where plants came from, where animals came from. Because it is weird that we have this modern world where it's like we traded the best of everything, right? We got, like, oh, what's the best canid? Well, there were these one type of dogs, and they didn't make it, and then there were some that were bred from uh, foxes, and blah, blah, blah. But it turns out we got this one type, it's good. Uh, it comes from likely Asia. Here, take this. There, there we go. Oh, what about this? Oh, this is the best type of specific type of grain that came from this thing called teosinte, called corn, and it comes, you know, from this area in Central America. Great, let's take that. Let's take wheat from the Near East. Let's take this, 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 and this. And we just kind of have this modern-day world where we don't even think about it. You know, we think of things like uh, tomato or pizza being Italian 
Italian. Tomatoes are from the New World. Italy hadn't seen them until, you know, they got brought back. You know, potatoes are from Ireland. Again, potatoes are from the New World. They'd never seen one until they, they brought them back. So, like, all of those things. It's interesting how... You and I know about hentai because of this exchange of ideas program. We take the best of the best. Yes. And we bring them over and we incorporate them into their masturbatory habits. They gave us hentai. We gave them stuck porn. It was a valid trade. <laughs> yeah, we validated the stepmom thing for them. Like we, we popularized it. We said, hey, it's okay. It's okay. She's stuck. Apparently, like in magical porn land... This isn't a sex crime. No, no, so. nor are you technically related for those few minutes. No, I mean, tell yourself what you want, Targaryen. <laughs> I do now have the long white hair. All right. <laughs> Thank you, audience, for coming out for Science Faction 626, where you learned all about how we might be just a day away from the Doomsday Glacier's worst effects and where donkeys come from. Thank you so much for joining us, and come on back next week for Science Faction 627. Hey guys, we had some fun talking about donkeys, and sure they're great, but there's also a dark side to them too. For example, of all the animals we mentioned, that's the one that'll take your key bumps. You've been listening to Science Faction. Wait, that's not right. <laughs>